I don't know. I can't. It took me literally six months to come up with keeping it candid, as in as a name. Mm. Off the top of my head, I'm usually really good, but not when I'm involved. <laughs> I come up with names of things when I'm not the set. What was the one on <laughs> Cease and Desist though? <laughs> oh my god, Cease and Desist go after that <laughs> guy tried to send me a Cease and Desist letter about 0800 Disco. Was it 0800 Disco? Yeah. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. yeah. Wanker. Um, <laughs> that was great. That came right off the top of my head as well. No. <laughs> not that close. Cease Cisco. <laughs> if I ever have a club night again. I mean, probably not. It was the most traumatic experience of my entire life. I um, loved it. I was also sober. And I had a great time. You were sober? I, had, I think you bought me a tequila and that's the only thing I drank that I night. thought you were really pissed. No. You were really going for I was it. Re- I just wanted to make sure you had a good time. <laughs> and everybody was enjoying it. And I was like, right, I'm just going to... I'm going to go full on. Maybe by the time this podcast goes out, we'll have a name for it. But currently, welcome back to blank. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm your host, Millie Cotton. And I'm Lauren Sweeney. Uh, uh, yeah, Lauren is my co-host. Yeah, the other one. Yeah, <laughs> Lauren is the other one. How is, oh, it's so nice that you were like back in person. I say back yeah. in person. This is the first time that Lauren's actually ever recorded anything in person right yeah yeah and i can hear my own voice we've got the headphones on she can hear her own voice it's, it's wonderful it does take some getting used to you guys are in for a treat that's all i can <laughs> say <laughs> but yeah you're back from scotland which I is am. nice and um the other side of the border yeah how was the rest of your lockdown because we haven't recorded anything for ages no i think i think everything kicked off really i think mm. that's why like everything within lockdown people like the easing of lockdown kicking off yeah that's exactly what it was i think right and it all just got a bit complicated just a bit confusing and yeah yeah. um but i was fine yeah i was in my own little bubble in scotland that was fun yeah Um, good way to do it yeah and then headed back down to to the the big smoke you were quite nervous about coming back weren't you yeah yeah i think actually that's probably only left maybe this weekend just passed Oh, really? Yeah. Do you reckon, because we've literally just come out of a spin class together, mm. um, do you reckon that going to the gym has been something that's helped that? Because I was so nervous going into the gym. I was, like, literally shaking when I first went into my first gym class. And then I saw, like, all the, like, plastic that was involved, like, separating yeah. all the, the stations. And I, I, like, chilled out, like, a lot more. But I knew it was something that I needed to do because I wasn't exercising at home at all and like it's, it's so a, hot I didn't want to be running either it was something that gave me a sense of normality back yeah and like they had the temperature check at the start like that made me feel a lot because they were you can see that they are taking it seriously yeah so we're talking about one rebel actually and mm. um we both go there and love it and they're doing it so well right I feel I think. really safe there yeah there's like uh plastic screens in front of the spin bikes and there's like plastic sheets in between the treads um mm. I mean, the change rooms are hilarious, but obviously you don't have to go into the changing rooms yeah. if you don't want to. Yeah. The change rooms are sort of just a bit like, hmm, not really sure how social distancing is working in here, but we are all trying our best. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it can really work, no. like, just the way that it's laid out. But then at the same time, everybody gets a temperature check and is like, yeah, sort of cleared to go in in the first yeah. place. So they're not going to come in if they've got fever. So there's a certain sense of, well, there's a bit of safety there. I feel safer going to One Rebel than I do going to Aldi. Oh, yeah, I mean, same, to be fair. Like, 
the supermarket is a whole it's a other kettle of fish. It is, isn't it? It's just like, oh, and I'm going to grab that. Oh my God, I went to France last week. And um, I think the rates in France are, uh, I mean, I should probably explain actually. So we drove down, we rented an Airbnb. We literally left the Airbnb once to visit a vineyard, which was mainly outside. And we wore masks the entire time. And then um, we stayed in our Airbnb, our Airbnb for like five days. So we really didn't do anything. It wasn't like we went to France and like we paraded around and like went to restaurants. We literally went to the supermarket and cooked at home every single day. Um, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, in France. <laughs> Just lost, totally lost my train of thought. In France, we were in the supermarket and um, what you have to do is like you have to help yourself to the vegetables. It's like obviously generally and not in covid times a fantastic way to do it because there's no plastic involved yeah and like their plastic bags are biodegradable but um no it was just very weird like you were like putting your hand into plastic to pick out tomatoes i'm like what if people aren't using the plastic and touching it's like everything's felt like very everyone was touching it so So french supermarkets were like so it's basically where it's like the vegetables are just a plane going overhead. Spring. <laughs> At least people are flying. I mean, not really, but my boyfriend is a pilot, so I mean, we do care. We do care <laughs> slightly, even though I know it's not great. Um, anyway, the vegetables are like on the side, lent, and just like out in the open, so you, they're not in packaging. Yeah. Essentially, which is obviously brilliant oh, so for plastic. Anybody could have touched. But it. anyone could have touched anything, and mm. yeah, that was a whole other other thing I suppose yeah in France there's a couple of supermarkets actually maybe it's just at home but there that we went to that was mm. like that and I did think about it but then you wash your veg right and like actually isn't Aldi like that anyway no is it I don't, I've never been once we did our food shopping there for the first time the week after before last it is wonderful and Cal's like obsessed with the yogurts it's like 80p for like a pack of six yogurts and I got like a, a massive pack of uh, blueberries for like two pounds I was like wow there's um, cheese puffs that they do that yeah. um, has become a problem in <laughs> because they're so airy and light and you can't just have one packet and it becomes a severe issue. So, I thought yeah. you were just going to say you can't just have one. <laughs> can't. Can't just have one packet. Can have the multi-packs. Yeah. Yeah. Of ten. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's fine. It's great. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm still seeing them like lockdown thing. Oh my god, same. Yeah. Especially with the help out to eat out. I was like, oh, I'm going to eat really healthily because I've started going to the gym and I'm like, also, Monday to Wednesday, it's really cheap food out. It almost becomes the same as buying food for two people. I think that's what they're trying to get you to do. I think it's yeah. working. <laughs> I think it's working really, really Just well. Just some really quick feedback for mm, Rishi there. Just yeah. not so well from my waistline. <laughs> but. but we're back at One Rebel, so actually everything's fine. <laughs> I'm not sure I ate out three nights in a row every week before lockdown, but you know, oh, it's my tummy rumbling. I'm hungry. Right on cue. Yeah, right on cue. Um, I'm trying to think of what about my rest of lockdown. I don't think anything really happened. You went to France. I went to France, but that was literally not really end of lockdown. That was like last week. Mm. So, uh. Oh, I think my main thing was just I decided that I was going to do whatever the fuck I wanted on Instagram, which was nice. That's a revelation. Yeah, rather than being like, oh, I can only do music because I need to look cool and do music. Not Mm. look cool and do music, but you know when it's like, people in music don't think that people who do fashion can do music, I think. 
so There's I like always a stigma. Mm, so I never really wanted to like concentrate on fashion stuff. It's like I like clothes. <laughs> I'm gonna continue to so sue me. <laughs> yeah, literally, like I like clothes. Everyone has to wear them. I like music. Everybody has to listen to. Well, yeah. I mean, no, no, they don't. But <laughs> I don't trust somebody who doesn't listen to music. Well, me either. That's true. But just in case you don't listen to music, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> No judgment here, it's a safe space. Exactly. Um, we thought that we would talk today about cancel culture, because I feel like that's something that's been really prevalent in lockdown. It just people yeah. getting cancelled left, right and centre, really. I think no one's got anyone up and they think, hello, Cal just walked in. Hey, Cal. What was I saying? Cancel culture. Oh, cancel culture. Yeah, so cancel culture in lockdown has been, I feel like, more heightened than it's ever been before, because no mm. one's got anything to do. It's like the second pandemic mm. has been cancel culture. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Covid was a side of cancel. What would you say that cancel culture is? Yeah, so I I find it I find it odd because like I suppose coming from Don't mind me pouring my drink. I love that. Sound effects going on. There's been planes, there's water. Gosh. You could fall asleep to this, it's brilliant. Um <laughs> yeah. What do I think cancel culture is? I, don't, I think it's, for me, it has such negative connotations. Like, mm. I don't see it as a positive thing. I see it as something that, like, is just basically more, like, social media mobbing. Yeah. Or, like, people with pitchforks, but on social media. Yeah, 100%. And it, it's not to say that, like, cancelling someone is a bad thing. Mm. It's the culture that is now associated with it. When do we think that cancelling someone is okay? I think that's something that's like really, before mm. we like talk about it properly, that's really clear, like important to point out. Like, when does it become okay to cancel someone? I think it is when someone continues to repeat behaviours. Yeah. Someone should not be cancelled for one tweet. Like, if, especially not like one tweet they wrote 10 years ago. That's not fair. That needs to stop happening. Yeah. But if it's like one tweet they thought was a joke that's not very funny, but then it goes viral and then mm-hmm. they lose their job, is that really fair? Does that person really need to be cancelled? If they tweet something that's like, you know, really offensive and they think it's a joke, it's not a joke, it goes viral and they apologise, I don't think that person should necessarily be cancelled, right? But if they continue to do it or they build mm-hmm. on that first tweet or that first whatever, and they continue those behaviours, or they don't apologise. Yeah. Or they then do something else which is, like, equally, you know, quite bad, for a very simple way of putting it. Do they deserve to be cancelled? Maybe. I think, yeah, I think that's, that's maybe where I stand. I feel like my own personal cancel Mm. is going to be different to the wider (laughs) social media cancel. So... I can choose, if I hear something about somebody that I really fundamentally disagree with and I do not respect the way they've responded to that, then I will not, like, I'll either not follow them or I won't won't be invested in what they're doing anymore or I won't, if it's, like, a brand, I won't buy the brand. But that's, like, a very, like, personal thing. Yeah. Do you think, so you would say that it just takes that one thing? Is there, like, a... A scale of the thing. For me, it's the response. Like, okay. Because I, just in general life, if mm. you take it off of social media, p- 
people fuck up. You make a mistake. Oh, of course, we're human, right? Like, and it's you're you should be allowed to do that. Yeah. And granted, some of the stuff that comes out is very problematic, very much against my morals, my principles. Mm. But if you if you can own the mistake that you've made, you can understand why it's been a problem, apologize when necessary, and actually have some remorse for what you've done, then then I would question it. Then I would be like, okay, maybe maybe I don't need to be like cancelling them completely or like yeah. completely get like striking them off the record forever. But that it depends. Like, did I like them in the first place? <laughs> like, usually quite an important one. Yeah. Because what are the ones that have happened during lockdown? Obviously, Wiley. That was probably yeah. a huge one that happened during lockdown. Wiley basically tweeted a lot of anti-Semitic tweets, and then he carried this on an Instagram, but not mm-hmm. in the same way. It was kind of like trying to direct people from Instagram to Twitter. Um, and eventually, well, not even eventually, quite quickly, his account got taken down. Yeah. And then his Instagram Instagram account was also removed, um, I think, within a week, which, I mean, the whole thing was awful. Yeah. It was, it was quite surprising. I was shocked. I didn't... I was shocked as well. I was really shocked. I didn't think it was something that I would have expected. And... Yeah, it was a it was quite a like shocking behavior from him. Obviously, his manager was Jewish. Yeah, like that's the whole thing is mental. Like the whole thing is bizarre. I think it's, and I think it comes down to a lot of, obviously the the BLM sort of movement mm. has really like this this um, time around has really ingrained the point on education. And being able to like je- just educate yourself before yeah. you talk about something, yeah, or before you try and form an opinion. And if you do form an opinion on it, and somebody shouts it out, maybe educate and figure out why it might be the wrong opinion. Yeah, which I think is just a general good life hack across <laughs> across things. One hundred percent. And it's just like I feel like he definitely didn't do that. Yeah, and there is no he he's had no remorse for what he'd done he had no understanding of what he was really saying mm-hmm. it was almost like he couldn't understand why the gravity of the words that were, he was saying was such a problem so offensive but then it wasn't even that it was the way as you said before the way he then responded to what he had said in the first place like the fact that he had police coming over and he was like making a joke about it and then oh there was just so much to it it was it was really shocking and it's the weird thing is is that we're now watching it in real time yeah, like I watched the whole thing from him sent well, like finding out about about the tweets because I don't actually have Twitter, um, and then I mean then going to like see what the tweets were and then reading about it and then seeing him move over to Instagram because his mm. account on Twitter was temporarily disabled, and then <laughs> police going and then him responding to that and just like it's mental watching it in it's so weird watching it in real time. But is that like, because it's literally like someone's demise essentially but is that because it's been so quick because yeah it, and i guess it has been if we look at similar situations that have happened mm. with different individuals i.e katie hopkins that has not been as quick so we don't no, feel as if we've true. watched that real time because it's years yeah and it's not as if i don't think it's because the outcry was any louder on the public's part to Wiley's yeah. actions. In fact, I would say it's probably, it was less so. 
I think it was a sh- it's a sharp contrast between what happened and the speed or the succession of what happened to Wiley as a response of his own actions. Yeah. And then what has happened to similar people yeah. like Katie Hopkins. And there's questions raised as to why that is. Well, yeah, Piers Morgan, Katie Hopkins. It's a whole other podcast, really. Yeah. And I don't really know enough of... I mean, we can obviously make assumptions on why Wiley was taken yeah. down very, very quickly. We can make an assumption, but we it's can not make an assumption. Be, like, um, yeah. But no, it's entirely, entirely bizarre how Katie Hopkins is still allowed to have any sort of platforms. Obviously, she's been removed from Twitter. But small celebratory dance to that. Yeah. 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 But um, we've read some great books about it as well, didn't we? We did. Uh, let me think about this. Oh, no. So another another cancellation that happened during lockdown was Jodie Comer. And there was a hashtag, Jodie Comer is over party. Yeah. Mm. Which you, you have told me about. I didn't catch this one. Yeah. Um, it's only through, like, researching it. Because, like, again, I don't have Twitter. Like, I just don't yeah. see this stuff. And that's kind of the reason why I came off of Twitter anyway. Because it's just so loud. It is just people shouting at each other. It's and it's, it's like a angry. constant competition for like I don't know outdoing someone else. Whether you know how Instagram it's like having the new bag on Twitter it's like being the funniest or yeah having the best opinion about this thing or your opinion being the one that goes viral about something that's morally like morally high like morally high grounded. I think yeah I I actually I question myself as to why I'm still on Twitter. Genuinely think it's for sports updates more than anything. Just <laughs> I miss so way. much news. I can't yeah. pretend like I don't miss so much from not being on Twitter. Because by the time it filters down to Instagram, it's like it's slow, so so slow. Yeah. All like the actual news. Um, and for emergency crises, it's like very very important. It is good. Uh, but no, I just don't really go on it. I only go on it if I really really have to. But anyway, Jodie Comer. She's basically mm. been rumoured to have started dating a rumoured Republican. So a lot of rumours in there. <laughs> There's lots of, lots of <laughs> he said, she said, yeah. Chinese whispers going on there. So she was photographed with him at her parents' house. The guy's name is James Burke. But people, like, went for her. Like, we don't even, I think it's rumoured that he said some, like, racist things but I couldn't tell you what they are because I literally I couldn't find them when I was looking for yeah, them. Yeah it just it makes reference to racist yeah. and homophobic slurs basically. But people on Twitter were like you can't play a gay character and call yourself an ally when you're dating a Republican you disgusting piece of shit. I mean like yeah. it's, it's just everyone is so quick to leap down someone else's throat. Yeah. Right? It's It just reminds me of like you know like in Salem when they used to have the witch trials and mm. it was like she's a witch like yep no I don't want any further evidence she is a witch and everybody would be like yeah she's a witch just drown her and that's and I feel like that and that that comes through a lot of the time when you see anything about somebody being cancelled or like is over parties mm. is that there's just one thing that blows up and everybody's like oh my god I can't believe this has happened and then within 24 48 hours there's something else. More, well, there's also more information about oh, it yeah. passed out. And it's like, oh, it's actually not that bad. Or, yeah. oh, right, in that context, this could be looked at differently. By the time the Baptist came around, everyone loved her again. So I don't really know what happened or how it fizzled oh. out. But I don't remember. I I read bits about the Baptist and everyone was 
saying how well dressed she was and how you know yeah so it's just so it's like this very not permanent what's the word for it's not like permanent fragile like it's so frivolous it's like yeah it's it is frivolous yeah. it's exactly right isn't it and then with Jodie Comer she doesn't share her private life so mm. do we then ha- because she's famous do we then get a say in her private life are we should we be able to comment on it it's that weird thing again it's like with fame should you have to sacrifice your privacy there's such a I was thinking about this just looking through the Instagram influencer lens mm. and in comparison like where that's now going because that's still a relatively new industry it's a, a relatively new type of like celebrity for want of a yeah. better word and it's very similar and what's happening now is very similar to what happened maybe like yeah in, your, in the 90s with mm. like sports personalities yeah so like sports personalities would get called role models and they wanted to be role models for if they were on the pitch or what and whatever they were doing in their sport but they didn't really want you to look at their personal life and they didn't really want you to look at like what they were doing maybe beneath the sheets and <laughs> in the bars they didn't want any i shouldn't laugh but, but i mean it's true they would try yeah. to hide like a lot of indiscretion and everybody was shouting and say, well, you're role models for mm. young people. They're looking up to you and you are painting yourself as this person that is, you know, a, a, a role model, some, something that somebody wants to be. And I think that is now coming through in that learning path. And we now have the Adonis, which is Marcus Rashford, mm. as a result of sports personalities learning how to do that better. Yeah. I think that's the learning curve that now that Instagram influencer sector is coming into, where they're beginning to understand that. There's a slight difference with influencers, though, where they make money off of being authentic. So you have a platform and you have an audience because you're supposed to be like your authentic self that you're then cashing in on. So I think it's very different. I think with influencers, people do have the right to call them out because... They're trusting them with so many things that they buy into. Well, that's their... And, yeah, they're essentially, like, putting their lives online to be followed. So you can't have you can't have it both ways. Like, yeah. you can't be like, oh, this thing is great, and oh, I'm going to this cafe, and oh, blah, 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 whatever. And then when you make a bad decision, you can't expect people to not have an opinion about it because you're asking them to have an opinion about literally everything apart from the shit stuff that you do. Yeah, and that's your livelihood. So, like, for a sports personality, their yeah. livelihood is playing this sport. Yeah, exactly. And same with, like, Jodie Comer, right? Like, she's, she's an, actress. an actress. Whereas, like, with ins- with influencers, your livelihood is... That following is that people agree with what you're doing, is mm-hmm. that you... Or they at least respect it or follow it to some extent. And, they're, and that's why that action of saying... Putting your hands up and saying... I did something bad yeah. or like I yeah I didn't think about this or even you don't you guys don't have all the facts and yeah. here it is like yeah, yeah exactly I think that's so important and but then coming back to like Judy, Jodie Comer Jodie Comer yeah, yeah Jodie Comer um it's but it, it, there's a question there because it's like does she really want her entire life to be and well I, I think definitely not I don't yeah. think that she she doesn't share anything about, about her private life she like literally keeps it very very private or tries to but what do you do when you have paparazzi's like outside your house yeah there's not a lot you can do is there 
But it is a thing where we are just almost trying to be outraged at everything and anything. And I was reading um, a book by Ashley Dotty Charles, who I found through Pandora Sykes' new podcast. Um, she's a guest on it and she was fantastic, so I bought her book. And it's called Outraged. And it's basically a book about how we're all just so quick to jump on the latest trend of the moral high ground, like whatever's like basically yeah. in vogue to be outraged it's, about. It's like the bandwagon of morality. Well, exactly. Yeah. And um, to read like a bit from her book, I might do actually. Why not? It is really, really good. I would definitely recommend also Coney. She brought up Coney and Lauren read it and I was like, oh my god, Coney. It's the only reason that I started a Twitter, so... Oh, God. Yeah. That was Bloody a throwback. What happened with Coney? Do we even know? I, I don't think we cared after a while, did we? We started getting distracted by all the I other things. I don't even remember what Coney was. Is he not like a warlord of some kind? Okay, um, yeah, that made sense. Ringing bells. Yeah. <laughs> such a long time ago. He was ago. a bad egg, I think. But then, was it not... Did something really bad not happen with the charity? Like, the guy that started the whole trend... I think might have tried to siphon off some of the money or something. It's a bit of a dodginess there. And mm. then everybody stopped caring. Um, yeah. Uh, this bit from Dottie Charles's book. How much should I read? Hmm. Might just read a little bit. Being outraged allows you to take the moral high ground. It reaffirms your righteousness. It lets you say, I'm offended and therefore I'm principled. It lets you jump on the bandwagon and pledge alliance pledge allegiance to the latest campaign on your timeline. It gives you a vehicle to add your name to the narrative. It proves that you are following current affairs, albeit from the albeit from the comfort vantage point of your Instagram feed, which again is very true, right? So true. It allows you to place yourself on the virtual side of the conversation. It says, I am woke. And for that reason, outrage has become a currency. Outrage is a currency. How interesting is that? It's like... One of the most interesting things I've read in a while, just it's such a simple statement of, oh, oh is that going to turn off? Yes. It's such a simple statement, but it literally sums everything that's happening up so well. Yeah. I think people try to, and this comes into... Outrage each other. <laughs> well, yeah, but they also try to like, it's like having like a piggy bank of number of do good deeds or how many times you've been outraged about mm. bad people. It's like, oh, well, I've got this piggy bank and therefore I can I can go and do my sordid indiscretions in yeah. private, not on social media. Yeah. And not really think about it because look how look how principled I am oh, on my exactly. social media platform. But it, reading it, it really did make me think about why I share the things mm. that I share. I mean, I've said reading, I'm only literally about 50 pages into the book. I'm really not that far into it. <laughs> Still I love that I'm already though. talking Still about it. it but, yeah. um, maybe that shows just how good of a book it is that I'm already talking about it uh but yeah no it made me really think about why I share things like having a platform be it a slightly smaller one than a lot of people who are sharing stuff uh I still have a platform as yeah. I mean everyone has a platform that's also another thing that I think we forget like no yeah. matter how big your platform you still have a platform if it's a hundred people and you persuade those hundred people to like to think a certain way that's influence isn't it um, but yeah, why I share certain things and then a case of maybe not sharing every single thing that comes up because when you're sharing every single thing that comes up, 
yes, you might look like you're reading the news and you're woke, air quotes, but at the same time, what value does that have if you're sharing every single problem? Surely they start to lose value because you're, you're sharing the message. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it might just be better to pick a few things. Obviously, it's great to raise awareness about things, but at the same time, everyone else is doing it. I know. I I definitely see that argument because I think that I think that if you do share absolutely everything that mm. goes on in the world, then you, yeah, you become a news channel, right? One thing that I would say that I find I found really interesting during lockdown is that we we make a lot of assumptions on what is going on in the world based on what we see on the news and what mm. comes up. And during lockdown, quite to so to my like perspective, quite randomly, the Yemen issue and yeah. the humanitarian crisis in Yemen really got a massive platform yeah people were sharing it people were talking about it, which was fantastic to see yeah but there wasn't necessarily something that had happened during that time that has not been happening for a significant amount of time before that and and so there was also conversation during lockdown about I saw loads of stuff like um uh you know war is a choice because wars have ended over this mm. pandemic completely incorrect complete bullshit yeah like there are so, so there continues to be so many really atrocious like war crimes continuing to occur it was just our, our news broadcast was no longer focusing on that we were focusing on a pandemic so i think there is a there is a point of people that have platforms and people when you share things mm. you're raising awareness about something that people are already seeing but if you begin to dilute your platform I'm basically talking myself into my own point here <laughs> and it's interesting it. to see where my brain has went here because at first I disagreed and now I completely agree um, <laughs> because if you are jumping on every bandwagon then you are just basically helping like the BBC and the Guardian just share what they've been saying yeah. whereas if you focus on something particular you do your research you do your own um, you find those those facts and statistics mm. yourself and from different sources and from not ones that are massively publicly available then you are yeah raising the voice a little bit louder yeah i do think to share everything is self-serving right like yeah there is so there are things that you can it takes you 10 seconds to share a post some people share stuff they've not even read it yeah <laughs> <laughs> That has been a fun game to watch. It's like, oh, you've not, you've really not read that, have you? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh god, have I done that now? No, I, I don't. Think I have. But I'm going to worry about it. Yeah, but I think, yeah. But at the same time, there is a guilt. So if I see something come up, mm-hmm. I'm like, if I don't share that to my very small select followers, yeah. If I don't share that, then they're going to think that I'm heartless and I don't care. I do care. Like. I, yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's it's like that. If it's not online, did it really happen? Yeah. There was a lot of that around Black Lives Matter, though, with people mm. not sharing things and then seven days later being like, "I've I've gone away and I've done my research and whatever." And then, actually, during during that, I felt so pressured to share things so quickly that I didn't necessarily understand. Like, I had to take a minute and do a lot of learning very quickly to then be able to try and like use my platform in a way that I thought was helpful mm. but <laughs> it's um it, it is really good to see all of the all of the stuff all of the awareness 
translating that into action and actual doables for individual people. So when it gets beyond the social mo- media bubble and like, oh, you should share this and you should sign this petition. Mm. It's like, what else can I do? Yeah. And that's kind of what I I primarily done was take myself away and be like, okay, what skill set do I have? What is it that I could actually do to make a difference within yeah. this? But I found that all of the information that was getting shared really didn't push anybody down that. It was only... The only actionable or like the call to action was to educate yourself, mm. which definitely very important. But what else? What else is out Can there? And, and it's not. It's not for um, people of color to be telling white people. Yeah, and I think I that's also important. But there wasn't that conversation that at all, and and white people weren't talking about it, and white mm. people weren't saying, okay, these are the things that I'm maybe thinking about. Um. So it's sort of that transgression between. I'm on the moral high ground because I keep sharing things and signing all these petitions and what yeah. fantastic I am. But my day to day, I'm still changing absolutely nothing. Yeah. And tr- and we've got such a distinction of two different personalities. It, I'm it's quietened down now, but I still appreciate everybody that continues to do that work and continues yeah. to use that platform because it's such a such an important conversation to continue. In Dottie's book as well. So this is she referred back to. A case that happened in 2015 mm. where, um, again, a black man was murdered by police in America. But in the media, it was outshined by Rachel Dozal. I don't remember. Have you watched the Netflix? So, basically, Rachel Dozal was a white woman with who was married to a black man and she had two mixed-race kids, but she pretended to be black. No, I didn't hear about that. Oh my god, you have to watch the documentary. Oh. It's so interesting. It is called The Rachel Divide. Oh. Um, and yeah, so basically, the media focused on her coming out as this woman who pretended to be black and she worked in... Um, so she worked for... Oh, where is it? I'll find it because I wrote it down. It's really interesting. Did she pretend to be black to everybody? Yes. Yeah, she pretended wow. to be black. She pretended to be mixed. Well, I think she pretended to be black. So she wore her hair in braids. She must have like fake tanned. Watch the documentary. Honestly, oh, it's yeah. so interesting and so like wrong. Um, yeah, here it is. So she worked for as the registered president of the NAACP, which is basically a widely recognized civil rights organization organization in America. Um, oh. And she was. I can't remember what she was doing in the news but she was talking to a journalist about something to do with black civil rights and the journalist waited until the end of the interview and then basically said to her are you black because someone had clearly passed on information that she wasn't black and then her news storm basically overshadowed this other man who had been killed by the police police. we've not spoken about john ronson at all but (laughs) we've not spoken and we've been going on for ages so we probably (laughs) need to wrap it up but also let's share something from john ronson because he wrote a fantastic book in 2015 which is called so you've been publicly shamed yeah and um yeah it was the first thing i read about he said public shaming it's essentially now cancel culture and one thing that i took from john ronson's book was that cancel culture can be beneficial yeah so if it's a big corporation and we cancel it air quotes again 
that's not a bad thing. If they're doing something shit and everyone teams up and then that corporation then has to change their attitudes to the way that they sell things or the way that they do things, that is not a bad thing. Like cancel culture yeah. can be very important and very useful. Yeah, I think his book was really good because it goes through a number of different case studies mm. of different types of um, public shaming that happened um, and whether that be through just a completely um, random individual that only had a really small number of followers or even people who hadn't used their platform yeah. but had actually been called out on the platform for something. Yeah. And then he used, he used that to, to, to sort of illustrate maybe just how, yeah, how quick to shout and how quick to outrage mm. we are. And it did always come up with a question for me every time that the case study was there and he prompted it to say, you know, was that the right reaction? Like, did that person deserve for their life to be... Because in a lot of the, the situations, their life was completely ruined. Yeah, that's very true, isn't it? And I think what do they deserve that? What is our, I think, most unfair situation of cancer culture in John Ronson's book? Mm. So I think... So the story of there's basically i can't remember the girl's name Lord sorry Jen, but i can't um, remember um has it i can't even think of you um, did i write it down oh should uh, yeah i did god knows fucking where though <laughs> uh oh is that it adria something yes right. oh my god my adria Ritz richards yeah. adria richards yeah so she'd basically um been at a tech conference and had uh overheard two friends make a sort of crude joke about a dongle and um, mm-hmm. we can imagine what the joke is um, and she'd heard it and was obviously offended by it and she stood up and took two f- photos um, or three photos of the, the two people. I think you see one of the photos in the book and yeah. it's, they didn't see it was coming, she basically stood up, turned around and taking photos, they thought it was of the conference, she was very much taking it of them. And then she calls it out. She t- she puts it on Twitter. It explains to her. I think she had like nine thousand odd followers that this had happened. Now, the two of them, um, they were sort of immediately fired and had a bit of a downward spiral. And like everybody was calling them out for being really crude, um, misogynist, all the rest of it. Um, and what she had done when she put out the tweet as well is sort of explain that the situation that they were in was during a conversation about getting more women into tech. So she'd already she painted that that um, background for her audience already. Yeah. But then afterwards she got a massive backlash. And yeah, she, I think her like her um her like professional website or like the the uh, her employer they got hacked. Like it was like the yeah. entire of the tech industry like went after her. And she ended up losing her job, but in the in the scheme of things, mm. it was she um, couldn't get a job anywhere else. Within three weeks, both both of the the guys who she called out had already been reemployed elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, it was there was just like this can turn into an ongoing vicious cycle, and that's what that was showing. It was just like who like somebody's going to have a problem with somebody shouting out or calling out somebody. Somebody's going to have a problem with them calling out that person, mm. and John Watson himself got that at the when he start he brought out this book, and he saw somebody else get cancelled, 
and he asked the question like do we know enough about this situation to really be um like making these assumptions and shouting yeah and then he got he got completely <laughs> blasted and everybody was i think it was like something to do with racism and everybody was calling him a racist and all that and it was becoming really really horrid, horrible and at the time he came off twitter afterwards and it's like when when does it stop like where does it start and when does it stop yeah it's it's, it's very gray isn't it i think there are things that are very black and white and then with cancel mm. culture there are also things that are very like gray areaed but it, power like knowledge is power yeah power is knowledge i don't think it's a bad i don't think that people should be able to hide away their indiscretions and no. if, they, if they especially if they're influential people or people of power your dirty laundry is going to come out yeah if you're doing bad things just stop it yeah just stop doing the shit stuff like or it's not that hard to not be a really shit person stop being a bad egg and yeah. if you are a bad egg apologize for it agreed and We'll and people can move on. Yeah, people can. Because also, if you're doing bad things and then you like continually do bad things, they just build up to make yeah. you a really, really bad person. Yeah, Katie Hopkins. Katie Hopkins, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so is that that's basically our takeaway message? Just don't be shit. If you're going to be shit, apologize for that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's. I think that's perfect. It. Yeah. <laughs> just don't be shit. <laughs> Stop it. Or if, yeah, if someone's being cancelled, take a minute before you also join the conversation. Yeah. Don't just join it for the sake of joining a mob. Yeah. Yeah, maybe think twice before you retweet. And also saying that as my own mantra. Yeah, same. Is that I'm literally this, I wanted to make this podcast mainly for myself. (laughs) (laughs) To be like, why do I share stuff? Stop doing You know when you just want to know more about the reasons why you do the things you do? And that's why I Mm. wanted to read um, Dottie Charles's book because it really is devil's advocate with my brain at the moment. (laughs) Like, it's not, it's not a fun game to play with myself, but nevertheless, we play it. Some home truths are good. Well, exactly. Um, I think that's it really, right? I think that's it yeah you need to come up with a name we do need to come up with a name maybe next week yeah blank <laughs> the blank podcast <laughs> i we might do something with that i'm gonna like no we'll okay. think it over yeah we'll, 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 we'll yeah. work it out uh thank you so much for listening and you can find me online it's at millie cotton for any questions or discussions because you know our dms are always open and lauren is um at lauren underscore talks so and that's it, really. I uh, hope everyone has a good week. Leave us a nice review. We know you want to. Uh, and yeah, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.